That was good. I like that. Yeah, okay. Hey, so, Zari, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. You want to roll your one? Um, I want you to roll you one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so I'm Ray Barker here with Helen Turton for Mental Health Cast, as you probably know because you clicked on the thing that says Mental Health Cast. It's um, a dead giveaway, Ray. Yeah, otherwise you're. It's the worst game of Cluedo ever. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, you're in the wrong place, but please keep listening. It's going to be rad. And we're here with a very special guest who just. Strummed plucked us in. Plucked? He plucked, yeah. he plucked, plucked us in. Uke. Plucked us in. <laughs> On a, just a stray uke that Helen had uh, in her room. Uh, Brent McLean, how you doing? Uh, pretty good today. Um, physically, a little bit tired. You know, okay. it's been a really nice visit to Melbourne, but you know, I've I've spread myself thin, Ray. Did you? Um, the butter, the butter is thin today. Okay. But um, I feel like I've, I've, it's. I've only got one more day here, and I'll be able to retreat back to my hovel in Sydney and, and sleep for a few days. <laughs> hovel. I'm on holidays, so. That's okay. Yeah. So I saw my parents while I was down here for Christmas, so yeah. Okay, getting, getting some early Christmas time in? Absolutely, because I'm going to uh, America for Christmas and years. So that'll be fun. To New York! Really? Yes. Whereabouts? Uh, I'm playing in Central Park for New Year's. That's pretty cool. Uh, which would be neat. Mm-hmm. And then I want to go to San Francisco because I've only been there once before and it's Gay heaven. Gay heaven. Mm-hmm. I've been told that. I've not that. been. It's yeah. true. It's um, you know, you can just be naked and walk down the street. No one seems to care. I also only think it just recently became illegal to do that, but people still don't care. Okay. So you can like soft jocks are fine. You can walk down the street in your jocks on a hot day and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that to the supermarket? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do know such thing. A little bit of San Fran right here. Right? <laughs> um, cool. Well, that's it. That sounds like uh, sounds better than what I've got planned for. And you know that Inside Christmas. Out movie? Did you watch that? Inside Out. Pixar. Out? No. No. Like the emotions in the oh, head. Oh no, I have heard about it though. Apparently, they're using it as a um, a way to explain to children about mental health issues. Yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, but really? they, it's set in San Francisco, and it looks exactly like that film. So it just looks like a fairy tale. An animated fairy tale. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wet when I watched that film. You, you should both watch it. I will. Maybe that'll be on the, on the list for today. Mm. Okay. That sounds good. One of the clever things it does is, because um, sadness seems like the bad character at the beginning. No one likes sadness. It gets in the way. Yeah, I'm not a fan. But the general... Don't, I, don't, I don't like the sound of True, of sadness. You know? But by the end, happiness finds out she needs sadness to exist um, and that they both help each other out you know when happiness is just leaping around having fun sadness is in the background sort of putting things back together slowly or you know making wonderful things happen but just no one looks and nobody appreciates it but yeah so for kids I'm really glad this film has come out that sounds pretty damn interesting mm-hmm. yeah. from both a mental health and entertainment yeah. perspective it asks a lot of you know people as well. It does. It talks about long-term memory, short-term memory, and they have different sort of gems in this factory mm. that keep long-term memory. Or it shows how a short-term memory gem, if nurtured after a while, becomes long-term memory, and it changes the way the little girl lives her life. So it's it's her from birth to about fifteen. So you know some pretty hectic years for young. Those are my most hectic people. years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, um, instead of ever studying psychology, just watch Inside Out. Okay, that's my advice. <laughs> well, I mean, since it's a mental health podcast, um, 
You said bold as to like what? What's your kind of? Yeah. You know what's your what's your bag? Um, well, my well, bag I mean, is like, full of prestige, <laughs> um, which which I take uh, for anxiety, and I I have depression, and I also have what they call uh, relationship addiction or sort of high level codependency. Yeah. Um, in really simple terms, that means I'm. I'm that guy who jumps from person to person and no, no matter how short or, or difficult the relationship was, I seem to have this sort of um, amnesia of anything bad that happens. So I struggle not to, to run after exes for a long time because I just have this sort of... It, it's similar to the way that obsessive compulsive works kind of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result mm. um, which I, I suppose is is funny because people probably expect me to you know I, I think I'm a well-worded and educated person and I can see how uh, I think this is something that a lot of people relate to um, when they have depression they can see how a leads to B but then they're just on that same path again to see somehow and yeah how are we here like how am I here again how am I down this hole Again, I know if I walk down this street, I'll fall down a pit. But then you just forget. And, you know, I personally forget that I can live through a breakup, mm. you know. But when I am in that situation, it's a pit, it's over. Um, That's definitely like depression yeah. in, in a nutshell, really, isn't it? Yes. Like the amount of times that you have it, and even though you know, okay, it's going to get better, it always gets better. Yes. You can't, in that moment, you can't remember how that happens or that it does happen. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems endless and impossible. Um, and I often have that thing where in, it, it's not that I would want to kill myself, it's that I just wouldn't want to be there ever, like before, after, now. Mm. That, I think that's where my head goes. Mm. Uh, maybe I'm a big wimp and I'm scared of blood. Uh, so that's another reason I probably couldn't kill myself, but <laughs> I, I just... When I get in those things, I just wish I could vanish and never have had a, a partner and never have one again and never have been known. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's important to point out that not killing yourself doesn't make you a wimp. <laughs> it, actually <laughs> make, it actually makes you pretty fucking strong. So, yeah, let's hold on to that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's a good reflection. <laughs> yeah, one one I, good I, music I thing like... I read when, um, after Kurt Cobain killed himself... Uh, Allegedly, um, is they were talking to a, a, a sort of a, a punk band who, who certainly didn't have the epic success of Nirvana, and he he was sort of living at home on a ranch and as a small modest house. And someone said, "Are you jealous of Kurt Cobain?" And he just said, "What have I got to be jealous of? He's dead." Mm. You know. So for all the you know art after death stuff, you're not there to enjoy it. And, and for me, what sometimes just keeps me going is that, like, what if I create something? What if happens the, the day after I would have killed myself? What if that melody came into my head for the first time ever? That generally helps me stick around. Okay. Yeah, like the... Um, music, you know? Mm. Music's a really good one. It's like uh, um, just something... Like, when you listen to things when you're sad, it can make you feel a little bit better, yeah. but also it can help, like, a lot of... A lot of I've had friends that won't listen to sad music, they just refuse to. It's like, oh, I just don't get people who listen to anything that would make me feel sad. 
And I'm like, but that makes no sense to me whatsoever because it really helps you work through things. Sometimes if you listen to a sad song and just get a bit involved in yes. it, it's a little bit self-indulgent, but at least then you can sort of work through things with the music. And I think so. I hope you cry too if you yeah. have trouble with that. Absolutely. Sometimes I do. I mean, I've had a pretty like the crying's the best. Bit of a week and a half of kind of suicide ideation, um, which is kind of still going and is not particularly fun. But um, I can definitely identify with like. Um, yeah, like creative output being like, no, you know, I need, I need to stick around to do these things that yes. I want to do. And it's probably just some fucking stupid chemicals in my brain fucking with my shit. The imbalance. Nevertheless. I mean, you know, we I, I dropped in to your house the other day and we were both in a, a bit of a hole and you, and you certainly were feeling shit. Yeah. And then we started sharing demos with each other <laughs> or, you know, here's this song I heard and here's this idea I had. And suddenly just a little... Electrodes in my head started going pew, 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 pew. Likewise. And I don't know if one of them shot, you know, into the serotonin part. That's the good one, right? The serotonin. Yeah. yeah. Serotonin. Something hit that. Into the good ones. And I remember, like, like, we didn't get high or anything like that. Like, I think we had some beers, but so not three each. Three each. So not excessive, not for me, that's for sure. Mm. Um, I, was, I was a bit tipsy. I don't drink much. I, I was, <laughs> I, I was goofy tipsy. I was like, oh. I'm a bit giggling. It does help with demos, though. <laughs> yeah. Like this song's amazing. I'm sure. Go on all that. Go on all that. Have another beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the I, mix I, is fine. I walked oh, out. Yeah. With a natural high as well, just yeah. from having listened to my friends' songs and shared, and that that lifted me right out. And I guess that that does lead me to something I said to you: is um, Megan Washington, Matt Mitchum, both of them suffer mental health disorders. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt obviously he's publicly uh, honest about his ice addiction that he went through for almost half a decade. Mm. Megan Washington recently sort of came out as a stutterer and, and said that, that really affects her life and uh, her anxiety in public. And they both asked me if antidepressants stop my creativity. And I think we both had different answers to mm. that because mine allows me the space to create. Um, my, the Pristique, and that's what I take, 100 milligrams of that every day, it... it it just takes off that high end that means I wouldn't even be able to write, you know? So when I'm on Pristique after a breakup or something, maybe I don't write a great song that day, but at least I'm still around to write it when mm. it comes. I don't think anyone should expect to create in trauma. I know we all have the, you know, the, Ad not, the Adele fantasy. Not immediately fantasy. in it, yeah, of yeah. course. It's not, um, I think there needs to be a gap. Possible. Yeah. There needs to be a moment of reflection, or otherwise you're just going to... I don't know, sometimes it's good to just scream into a microphone, that's great. Mm. But for me, when I write my best songs, it's after a, a moment of reflection. Unfortunately for me, with the, the sort of codependency stuff, I find myself in a new relationship before I've gotten over it and end up not being sure what I... Like serial monogamy. Yeah. yeah. Like, do I feel better yet? I don't yeah. know. Or is, is this just, I'll wait six months or something that was my best break in 10 years and still when it came around at the end I didn't know if I actually felt better I just suddenly had this infatuation and this romantic love that fills you fills you with chemicals mm -hmm. mm. Of, you know everything's great now and I'll, I'll, I'll hear myself say that I'm like oh, I'm just having a great week and it'll just be the week that you know I've started dating yet another person mm. so yeah I, I know it'll take a while to get over mm. you know 
but that's that's the AA trip all about walking down that path and you know the second time the second step if you fall down that hole you know you might not get out of it but at least you know you're in a hole Mm. and we've all been in places where we don't even know that we're there it's like why is everything shit Mm. and then you know maybe you you take the the other path away from that one day and then you might come back and fall down the hole again but uh, going to therapy and and my pristique and and seeing my psychiatrist helped me I I think these days certainly not before I was 25 could I get out of that hole at all it would just be a mess it's really good to be able to recognise when you are in a sort of depression pit because like if you you start to recognise that you're getting into one Mm. then it can be easier to sort of say okay this is the warning signs this is how I go about getting help, whether it's um, talking to a psychologist yes. or going back on your meds or whatever it is. It's like it's important to recognise the downward slope sometimes, I think. Definitely contacting people. Yeah, talking to people, not isolating yourself. Yeah, yeah. well, for me, it was not contacting my exes, you know, because my brain was going, well, there's the problem. Just keep nagging and keep texting and then, you know, a month later, change it to, I just want to check in and see how you are. And then a month later, maybe we should be friends. And then I'll meet up with people and, and throw myself at them like they're an idol. And that's what you do with codependency. You idolise something and they're invincible and they've never done anything wrong. But yeah, just to message a, a friend. And this year for me has been about remembering, remembering my friends. Mm. Because I don't know why. Like For most of us in our really dark pits, we just don't text the right person or anyone. Yeah, it can be really hard to yeah. do that. Definitely. It's almost like you need a little speed dial one. And even if it just says like one letter or is one emoji or whatever that you send to someone just so that they know. Because I mean, how hard is it to send that text? It's so hard. It's the hardest thing in the world. It really is. I think I I might have mentioned this before. I can't remember who originally said it, but the two um, hardest things to say in the world are I need help and I love you. So. (laughs) Oof. Yeah. (laughs) I love you. I find very easy. Uh... I need help. Yeah, not so much. But I think that took time to learn for anybody. I mean, you don't immediately get into having depression and then you know how to deal with it straight away and you know who to talk to and who you can trust. It takes time to figure out who your friends are and who you can really talk to about this stuff and to learn how to um, to learn how to ask for help. Yeah, or, like, or to trust your counsellor. Yeah, to, like, to try and deal with things by yourself is for a lot of people. I mean, I know it was for me originally and... In the beginning when I first started to get bad into depression was I've got to deal with this mm. my way by myself and it's my problem and I don't want to drag anyone else down with me. But then you start realising like actually these people care about you and that's what's gonna get you out of this, you know? Yeah. But it But it's hard. It's so you, funny. It takes a while to learn it. Like, yeah. I don't wanna hear that. Or I don't wanna be a burden. I don't wanna be a burden, that's a big one. Or the or the, the ego one for me is often um I don't want this to go away. I like this drama. You know, hmm. I can get sucked into those dramatic scenes where, you know, and if that continued through my life, that that really could have, if I hadn't started doing therapy and getting prestige, those things lead to domestic violence and um, strange habits and, and hiding and addiction just when no one else is included. But sometimes, yeah, you want to stay in those worlds and 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 yell and scream and break stuff and Mm. that can be the worst when you think it's the right place to be in Mm. but there's a difference between that drama and going hey i'm sad 
even just admitting that to yourself, you know, just to go, I'm really sad today. I'm kind of letting it be a part of it. You, I don't know, like, not, I don't want to use the phrase wash over you, you're not doing that, but just going, yeah, I'm sad and I'm going to react appropriately to this. Maybe you're grieving something. Yeah. What it, yeah. It's that self-acknowledgement is so important. Mm. Mm. It takes me a while to come down, I think because of my sort of exhibitionist career and being a performer. That's really what I do. Can, can we clarify I'm a musical that? exhibitionist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and physical as well. I, I'm a flasher. Serial <laughs> flasher. But I, I think I get so, so good at putting on my merchandise face. Mm. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you like the shot. It's so, thank you so much. That means so much to me. Yeah, yeah, the signature. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, we love the show. It's never horrible or it's never draining and it's mm. never emotionally destructive. It's all those things. But, you know, it's part of my job to keep a veneer of joy for at least half an hour after the show. If you're feeling shitty, does that part of the gig? Help? Like people, it's like terrible. Validating or not? No, it's not. None of it comes through, and because you have to put on a sort of a false face, it's even more exhausting. It's like, oh god, wasn't what I just did on stage for an hour enough? Yeah. Now you want to hold my hand and have your personal story with me in the line, and like I know it's a shit thing to say, but. I find that the hardest part of the day. The fucking adoring public. Aren't they pieces aren't they, of shit? Aren't they awful? <laughs> aren't they awful? But I do I do strive now more than ever. And and now that I do a lot less live original shows, yeah. you know, I try and throw myself out there when I'm on stage. Just, that like, that's my job. And, you know, I, I guess I grew up in the world where you could be Lana Del Rey and... <laughs> Amanda Palmer Sorry. Sorry. and just bombard people with social media and yeah. like um, I don't know anything about that no <laughs> but then because then there's the PJ Harvey sort of angle it's just like I'm just going to do my job yeah I'm going to write really good songs um, like she doesn't even do encores anymore she just it's like I've given you everything mm. please trust that I've given you everything and if I'm an asshole in the line one day it's not because I don't appreciate that you're there it's because I don't I don't like it when I come off stage and I'm not sweating and ha- completely exhausted or I'm like oh, I didn't do enough mm. like I promise you I'm giving you 100% of my love on stage mm. um, what, what about doing yeah. it in the first place like actually get, kind of getting up there like, yeah I love that yeah. that's my favourite part of the day you don't get any stage fright or anything no, not really. I get adrenaline rushes. Oh, yeah? Um, so I'm in a show called Velvet with Marsha Hines at the moment. It's like a cabaret musical. And we, we did 120 shows this year. So it's hard to... Right, when it starts becoming the norm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really see... For me, I don't see the difference between, you know, a 200-person crowd and a 550, like, full Spiegel tent crowd. It, it's just, like, do my job, get on stage... And, and for me, it comes from the people on stage now, you know, I, or if a friend is in the audience, like that'll make me glow mm. or, you know, just slap yourself in the face and be like, holy shit, I'm seeing you duet with Marsha Hines. Like, mm. whoa, like be happy. Like, this yeah. is good. So, so like be, being, being grateful for yeah. things. But sometimes that only happens when I'm on stage, okay. when it's staring me in the face. What's, is, 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 what's, what's that pre-game like? I mean, like, cause I've done, I've done a little bit of performing mm. and like the anxious motherfucker, mm. 
It's like Jesus Christ. I drink too much. Drugs, 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 yeah. drugs, 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 drink, 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 drink. And then when I was stage, I'm like, yeah, yes. narcissist me. Come and then you come down. I'm like, yeah. And then I leave stage and I'm like, oh shit, what, what It's over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think well, I, I definitely, in our first season this year, drunk way too much before, during the show, after the show. Yeah. To ride the different feelings. Because when you start a show, it's new. And so it, every time you get on stage, there's this power of newness. And then you get to about show 50, and it's not new anymore. So it's not exciting when you get there. So you to that one cheeky beer you have turns into three to kind of make things blurry and fun. And that, that three turns into three with a shot of whiskey into show 100. Did I sing the song yet? Yeah. Like I've come off stage and been like, have I sung that track five yet? Mm. Like, and then, yeah, the, the director was like, okay, I can see that. I can see what's going on. Mm. So it took us a long time to whittle it back down and we didn't try and go to nothing. You know, he was like, you know, one or two beers might be great. Might Mo- give you that buzz. Moderation. Yeah, but that third one. My old adversary. Might make Actually, it. Might yeah. Continuing adversary. Absolutely. Yeah. That third beer might make the show hard, and I noticed that. I noticed how exhausted I was, even if the difference was two to three. Yeah. Something would tip me over the line, and I'd come off stage gasping and pouring with sweat. And at first, I was like, "Yeah, look at me go! I'm so mask or whatever." And then. Which you totally are. Which I totally am, Mask. Especially when I play Staying Alive Topless. <laughs> um, but, but then the next day I'd have two and I'd come off stage and be like, yeah, cool, did my job. Let's go home. The, the difference was astounding. Just, with just figuring out that boundary. Mm. So I try and keep it to that. Sometimes I fail to keep it to that. Sometimes more than often now I'm, I'm better. Cause, just because I told the room. I told my musical director, I told the cast. I was like, hey guys... I think I'm drinking too much during the show and most of them were like, yeah, <laughs> we can tell, we can smell it on you, mm. like we can hear it, like, you know, the audience can't, because mm. I just, you know, it's not a bad performance, it's just maybe 10 the whole time, Yeah, like, loud the whole time and fast and and then I'll, I'll watch it back the next day if someone taped it and be like, wow, that's awful. Mm. You know, I'm lucky because the audience don't know the difference. You know, I'm, I'm, I can kick my legs above my head every night. I can hit the big note every night. It, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, I've learned how to do it with a cold. I've, I've sung weeks with laryngitis. Like, you can do it mm. somehow. But I know the difference. And my cast knows the difference. And that's... And Marsha knows. Yeah, and Marsha knows the difference. And when Marsha <laughs> comes up to you and says, Girlfriend, you're like, oh... <laughs> It's over now. <laughs> yeah, it took, it took some training to get back down. But, you know, all of that, you know, that last 10-minute spiel bleeds into the first 10-minute part. They, they cross over in sometimes a, a annoying and dangerous way. What about the non-performance side of creativity, like the stuff where you're by yourself? I mean, you touched on it. Sucks. Earlier, but, like, yeah, I don't know, like, if I'm depressed, which is 
always. <laughs> um, yeah, why are we laughing at that? We are. I know, sure I know, I know. You know, I know like, at it's the end yeah. of the day, you know, we're all pieces of shit and nothing to do matters. So <laughs> we'll all die alone and forgotten. And um, welcome to the end of the podcast. <laughs> Have a lovely night. Yeah, but, um, like, I... I it's like this cash 22 like i know that producing something creative uh will feel good in fact like the time when something that i've done or been involved in goes onto the internet mm. is when i feel the best yes you know like sex eh. food yeah it's yeah like i do it i do it <laughs> yeah, i do it i eat it I eat, I, eat, I, eat, I, eat the, I eat the food. Yeah. You know? I notice when I haven't eaten the food, I'm like, I should eat the food. <laughs> but like, yeah, there's there's that moment. But the catch twenty two is if I feel shit a lot, I find it hard to produce mm. that. Mm. What, what, what are your kind of? What's well, your relationship? You, know you need with that energy, don't you, to even start mm. creativity. For me, it's it's doing horribly lame things like. Just getting out of bed, like that's hard. Mm. Brushing my teeth, or like, yeah. when I get depressed, I fucking shower, forget oh it. Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> you have to sort of like channel your day out into little, tiny, achievable goals. Yes. And then you feel bad when you can't achieve the bigger goals, like being creative, yeah. because all you is all you can do literally is just to get out of bed and maybe brush your teeth. You yes. Know? Yeah. But that that could be, you know, if if you're in the pit, it. If you brush your teeth, I fucking applaud you. Like, yay for you. You did it. Like, you got through the day and you lived. Like, that's a huge thing. I didn't... I, I, don't I didn't. think I brushed my teeth today. I, I don't think I did yesterday either. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. But you still get out of bed. I will. Now that we've mentioned it, I will. I know. But, like, you know, I, I find having things where I put myself in a situation where somebody else may need to rely on me that can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, Therapy is where I am physically touched. And like, even if you have 20 bucks for a Thai neck massage and that's your gift to yourself on a Sunday. Mm. You know, because when, when we're single or depressed or hiding away, we, we, do, we do not get the, the physical interaction mm-hmm. that our bodies need like mm. so badly. So, you know, something like getting a, a cheap haircut. I, I, I went with my dad to the barber mm. for, a, for a $10 razor shave and suddenly I was interacting with people and I was, I was really down on myself. But just to have someone talking to me, you know, the guy sort of feeling with my hair or when you get a massage, just that, that physical touch. There are, there, all those little tricks took me such a long time to learn. You know, or, or tricking yourself into having a nice meal. Like, what is mm. what do you need? Like, Thai's not that bad for you. Like, a good burger isn't bad for you. Like, you don't... We, we don't need to feel like failures because we didn't have three meals and five pieces of fruit. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's hard. And sometimes too expensive. <laughs> but just, you know, eating something. Yeah. Having a shower. Little, or little things. If you can get to a point where you can ask your friends if you just need a hug. Like, mm-hmm. that's a nice thing if you can do that. Like, I'm lucky that I live in a share house with some of my yeah. very dearest friends. I'm very good with that. Mm-hmm. If I'm feeling like shit, it's like... I need a hug right now and I'll get one and then I'm, like it does you get that I don't know what it is like an immediate like a like an endorphin thing or something yeah. it's like yeah I feel I feel better like I'm getting human contact and yeah. I can kind of go about and brush my teeth now you know yeah. yes yes <laughs> and and you know that and having somebody there to mirror you to be to reflect on you 
you know, it's incredible. And to offer that to people too, you know, to talk about somebody else's problems for a moment. Mm. It's not really going to fix your problems. It just kind of gives your head a vacation, mm. even if it's 15 minutes, just to go, oh, okay. And, and you, I bet you you'll be invested because a lot of depressed people are creative and intellectually, uh, I, not to be cocky, advanced, I'll say, but aware. Empathic as well, yeah. I think. Yeah, there's a lot of empathy. And mm. if you offer that to someone else, you are giving it your head some space. There's lots of little tricks, and that's what I use. And then after all that, after all that, then maybe I'll hear a melody in my head. Okay. But it's a blur while I'm really depressed. It's just a cloud and I can't hear anything special or write or be bothered booking a recording studio. Like, there's a lot of work in yeah. putting out a song or uploading it or making sure it's the right thing for SoundCloud or whatever. Like, it's way too hard when you're depressed. Yeah. 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 So I'd, I'd say if you are a creative person, don't be upset if you haven't written for a month or two yeah. or three, whatever, a year. Just look after yourself first. You write that song. So you you can't, just yeah, stick around to write it. Don't be too hard on yourself. I think it's the main thing there. It's like you've got to just um, do things like a little little step at a time and yeah. like keep. Um, it's hard because you have to push yourself to be um, looking after yourself. Yeah. But if you can get to that point where you push yourself to a point where you're feeling good, yeah. or even not good, like at least functional. It's something. Then, then like, if, you, if you feel like you're functioning, and, and, and get off. Yeah. What, don't look at people's PR on Facebook oh, if no, you're a musician. And, because you know what, we're all lying. Like we're all going, ah, oh, I had the best gig, it was super sold out and every night's great and I've sold so many CDs and, you know, retweeting every time a tiny community radio station plays you at 3am because suddenly you're a success and <laughs> look, I got this tiny box in the corner of this magazine, my band's really making it, like, people are lying to you yeah. <laughs> because we all think we have to do it, we don't. Like, I have lots of shit gigs. Yeah, and don't compare yourself to other people. I think no. you take from that because it's just it's just very unhealthy to be, um, you know, worrying too yeah. much about what other people are doing when really all you need to worry about is taking care of yourself. Yes. Yeah. And try not to do it back yeah. <laughs> when you are feeling good. Yeah. Well, I do. I, I am trying lately to be a little more honest on social media. There's a comedian named Sam Simmons who's really good. He's always been good at that. Like he just on stage be like, well. That wasn't a very good show. Don't know why, but I hope you had fun. <laughs> and I was like, wow. <laughs> you're allowed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I always thought you had to say you're the greatest audience ever. Some they, sometimes they suck. There's a lot of shit audiences out there mm. who think musicians are TVs that have been placed on stage. There's something very strange about Melbourne gigs um, where people seem to want I'm to stand with, this, their, yeah. stand with their arms crossed and kind of stare, but don't really dance or move or... I mean, they'll applaud, but they don't really get into it. And you know that they've paid a lot of money to be mm-hmm. there to see this band that they obviously love, and they obviously mm-hmm. love certain tracks that must jump out at them. But when they come on, they just go... Mm. Mm. <laughs> they played the song. Yeah, and it's just, it's just that kind of... I'm not sure what it is. It's like... <laughs> I took a photograph. It's yeah. strange. Don't be one of those people who, who you know, see a comedy and go, that's funny. Just laugh. Just like, mm. watch the damn gig. Put your phone away as well. And don't clap on the one and three. Jesus Christ. On the what? On the one and the three. You know what that means? No. Uh, the offbeat. Well, the one and the three, I think, are they, are they the ons? Yeah. It's, it's so like, I'll you're be playing. The, you're the musician. Yeah, no, I'll be playing, like, I'm, an, I'm an Ableton hack. I'll you're like, a musician. <laughs> whether you're a brother, whether you're a mother, I'm staying alive. Singing like.
and, and like, so, you know, if you're in America with a black audience, they'd be like, and then you come back to Australia and you play a gig in Adelaide and they're like, where the your brother and they clap on the ones and they're like uh-huh. where the your brother where the your mother and okay. it's awful never do that everyone before you go to my gigs please <laughs> all learn to clap on the two and the four I think I'm too shy and oh, maybe like scared of being arrogant to clap I, feel like, I, like, I just feel like it's their performance like, <laughs> yeah you know? yeah yeah, but I'm doing a cabaret where the audience thinks they are the performer most of the time. Oh. People pay to a cab- like pay to go to a cabaret so they can be like, I'm involved! It's me! Which is great. But just clap on the right beat, you know. Yeah. That's all I'd say. <laughs> Otherwise, get up on stage, take your clothes off, dance in the aisle. I love it. I actually prefer a loud gig to a quiet one. Yeah. You know, don't talk about quiet songs. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I ruin it for people. But, yeah, I like tinkering of glasses and I prefer the Spiegel tent which is where we always perform Velvet over times that we've done it in a theatre where people think they have to cross their arms and be very quiet and, you know, we're singing disco. And make sure that monocle doesn't, yeah. t- doesn't tink their shit yeah. glass. Like, <laughs> oh, we've had a lot of reviews that have been like that, like, whoa, you know, too raucous or whatever. I'm like, yeah, we're raucous. Marshall Hines is amazing. But yeah, I prefer people to be having fun and living it instead of worrying about offending me. Yeah. By wooting or something. Well, like offending other people around them, even. Like, I just, I just find yes. it so odd with um, certain performances where people feel like they're, they're so conscious of the fact that they're in an audience and that they are, they, they can't just don't want to engage. It yeah. just feels so strange. The amount of times I've been to gigs or shows in um, you know, anywhere other than Melbourne, I don't know what it is. There's something about Melbourne audiences. It's just so strange. Do you find that too, Ray? Uh, yes. Well, it's almost seems like, it seems like a, almost like commonly accepted knowledge right. in the sense that Melbourne audiences are a bit more. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was letting just, you say that. Yeah, just a bit less. What, what, what enthused is you know, that? I mean, that like I, I'll speak personally yeah. and say that if I go to a show and I feel like anxious sometimes, I'll be just like there watching, analyzing, mm-hmm. you know, enjoying, mm-hmm. and then I'll see like people clapping and stuff and like coming out of a trance I'm like oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now is the time to clap to be enthused yeah right yeah. no I understand that, 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 that's, that, that's just me though I understand well, actually it's probably not just me at all no I'm sure there's many people no. at yeah. lots of gigs that have I can't speak, anxiety I can't, I, I, yeah, I can't but... speak for anxious gig goers as I think a if homogen- I go by myself I'm, like, I'm a bit like that yeah I think like because you know I like going to theatre and stuff by myself you know because I I the, the idea of organising stuff actually makes me pretty anxious okay I get really like with like socially with yeah, yeah like the idea of that I'll, I'll I'll get us some tickets but oh god if it's bad it's my fault like if the band is is bad that night I'm like oh I'm so sorry <laughs> you know I went to to Splendor in the Grass to with with this dude that I didn't know very well mm. and we were watching years and years but their equipment had broke and so you know they were doing the best they could to deal with it and and he was so frustrated and obviously disappointed that his favorite band wasn't doing a good set. But all I was doing was just absorbing all of it. I'm like, oh God, it's my fault. Like somehow this internationally known band is playing badly because I chose that set to watch. Mm. <laughs> like, right. yeah, I just, I don't know. I'll just take on other people's problems and be like, yeah, it's my fault. Mm. That that those kind of thoughts are the the late night thoughts that stay in my head. I'll be like, oh god, could I've 
could I have picked better? Should we have left sooner? And you said it was their favorite band, right? Yeah, yeah. But you're talking about like the the irrational, oh, absolutely, subconscious that kind of pushes its way up. We go to a restaurant it's together heavy. and the food's bad. Yeah, yeah it's I'll like, be like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> constantly apologizing to waiters for getting what I asked for. I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm so so sorry can I have some water I'm so sorry <laughs> I'm sorry and it'll come to the table I'll be like thank you sorry sorry yeah. like I don't know where that comes from I do that sometimes I, like I, I I used to do it heaps when I was younger and then I kind of like trained myself out of it with like this forced uh, bravado huh. and then I kind of take that back I was like uh yeah, and people, like, people be like, that dude is so arrogant or this or that. And right. I'm like, no! No, it's not me! It's a fucking dead veneer of <laughs> paint that stops me crying all yeah. the time. Yeah, my defensive shield! <laughs> yeah. Make fun of it, not me! Yeah. Push a push pop! Totally. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I have no follow-up thoughts to that. <laughs> I love it when people run out of the segue. <laughs> the voices are too loud right now. They st- they start, you start the sentence and the segue's not there. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing about that is... <laughs> I I actually didn't see that coming too. <laughs> you alley oop yourself pretty damn good. <laughs> it's a biting um, This is not intentional. My brain is just not working. It's, 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 you, you've unplugged. <laughs> a little bit. I know. Your your, like your aux cable isn't, you know, hasn't got the mug on it the right way to get the power through it. Mm, and there's all kinds of bends and twists yeah. and frayed thingy-majigs. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. I can understand Saying that. things. Yeah. Words and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys both go to counselling as well? Yeah. I recently stopped um, counselling. I was doing CBT. Um, and a cognitive behavioural therapy uh-huh. and I feel like I'd done that for about six months and literally got every single useful tool I could possibly get out of that and there's literally <laughs> no point in going back to talk to this guy over and over again about the, the, same, same, thing. the, same, the same thing alright so you're thinking this because of this so you do this and Clark. I learnt it, I knew it and yep. it was just like, I was obviously I'd done all the CBT stuff and whatever leftover anxiety thing that couldn't be fixed with that wasn't going to be fixed by continuing to see the same therapist yeah it would be um, like going to a, a, a singing teacher just to do the same scales yeah he, every he, wrote week. Me, he wrote me a letter he wrote me a letter like you know you break up with your, your therapist and then oh like the Simpsons you are Lisa Simpson oh, Mr. <laughs> yeah I was exactly I was thinking of that that should be the picture for this podcast it's all good that Brandon's got this yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> got that. I do that, but I would kind of rather have a selfie of the three of us. A selfie? Oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we'll okay. do both. We'll, we'll we superimpose one on top of the other. Oh, we'll just yeah, we'll put his head somewhere in the yeah. background. <laughs> you know that was actually Dustin Hoffman. Was it uncredited because of um, some contractual thing? Good on you, Dustin. Yeah. Making one of the best Simpsons characters ever. He's a good character. <laughs> can you tell us what the letter said? No, no, we can't. Okay, good. Oh, like, I don't mind. It's just okay. like... No, don't say it. It'll be like saying a wish out loud. No, it was, <laughs> it was fine. I just feel like um, I don't want to like take the piss out of him yes. because like, obviously it was coming from a good place. I was just worried because I'd stopped going to see him. Mm. And it was like, you know, um, if you ever need to come back, I'm always here. Like, please remember. And it was always like a proper handwritten letter as well. Like, mm. you know, really like genuinely concerned because I'd stopped going to 
two sessions. Like the olden days. Yeah. Real and I was, I was just a bit like, wow, I've got a letter like from my psychologist asking me to come back. This is so weird. It's like an actual breakup. Whoa. <laughs> they do get you very see each other in the street. <laughs> like, oh. see each other or like in a bar or sometime or you sort of wistfully like in a bus driving past another bus. <laughs> like yeah, reaching out, hands on the windscreen. Yeah, hands on the window. Yeah. Like. Mine's like... <laughs> trying to pay them for another hour. My psych is going AWOL. He's like... What? No one knows. You're meant to do that, not him. <laughs> no, one, no one knows where he is. I saw my GP. They're like up. their friends. I'm like, I'm like where, where's where's Simon? He's like, yeah, I don't know. How I'm long have you been? Trying to get hold of him too. Like, maybe he's breaking up with you. Yeah, yeah. He's, de- he's definitely not. Like he knows. He's <laughs> just like, not that he, into he, you. He knows I'm. He knows I'm fucked. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like. I'm kind of going. I'm upping the stakes. Like I'm. Okay. I've got like a my first like drug and alcohol counselling session next mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, and is something. that with one person or it's a group or a one? I don't want to do group and I don't mm. want to do religion. No, so no, that's what I most AA is. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I said because like so I was going through like finding looking at all these different places and I haven't been yet, so I'm not going to you know endorse anything. But mm. um, I was like no group. No, like, you sure? Group can be okay. I was like, I can just sit there and cry and tell people that I suck and all the things that are wrong if you want. I do that every day on the internet, mm. so. <laughs> yeah. so... Yeah, everybody's listening already. <laughs> the internet I've is got my... Got an Yeah, the internet We're is my the group podcast. therapy session. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah don't read the comments, though. Yeah. So, so I don't like, I'm... Yeah, I, like... I don't know, I'm going to say this out loud that I feel, I think, the worst I've ever felt in my life, and... Uh, yeah, I need more help. How long has that been building up for? Like a week and a half, I yeah. think. Mm. Just, yeah, a little bit too... Just like... Like, I mean, so about like, I like, this thing was like three weeks or a month ago, like I outed myself on the internet as an addict, mm. which is the same day also, like, me and my doctor were like, yeah, okay, we came to this conclusion, like, yeah, you know, you're a... I'm an anhedonic uh, lifelong poly substance abuser. Wow. Yeah, which means that uh, I don't really... Means I can fly (laughs) and I have laser eye beams. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. Um, It means that I can't fly in any metaphorical sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, well done, (laughs) Rackham. Basically, the the anhedonia part, it means that I I don't get pleasure uh, as much from... uh, if at all, sometimes from regular things, mm-hmm. like things that humans like, sex, social interaction, uh, whatnot, and where, where you know, fingers crossed that's not permanent. And uh, I would think it would be a bit melodramatic to say that it was, because well, at least I fucking hope it's not. Otherwise, mm-hmm. that would suck. Yeah. Um, but also that, like, for my entire adult life, I've been just getting fucking really high all the time, as mm-hmm. much as I want, because mm-hmm. I've been unhappy. Mm-hmm. For a long time, so a long period of self-medication. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like this last week, it's like I've taken like do- doses that could easily kill me of like prescription painkillers, like three or four times. Wow. Know? Not no, none since. Actually, no, it has. It's been a week. But so yeah, in the last two weeks. So yeah, like so not this this seven day period just elapsed. Or for listeners, uh, how long it's been since I could be fucked editing this podcast yeah 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 yeah. which would probably be like a week because we got uh, part two of uh, Jack's one to come out which you're looking forward to which I'm looking forward to I am yeah massively I I figured so I just didn't want to speak for you Um, but yeah hopefully things are better by then 
Oh, hi Siri. <laughs> you can be on the podcast as well, baby. It's fine. <laughs> Ask Siri what she thinks of um, Siri. I'm unhappy. What should I do? Frowny, you just done a frowning face. Frowny emoji. Fuck you, Siri. That is the least, <laughs> it's the least, the least helpful, helpful thing, thing ever. You hear that? You are unhelpful. You suck. <laughs> it could have just like give you a lifeline number or something. I'm just trying to help you. Oh! <laughs> How is that shut. helping, Siri? How is that helping? <laughs> shut down. Just, you're really, you're not, you're not. <laughs> what, what, what do I do? Like, I don't really like these arbitrary categories. Oh! Wow. Okay, so this is an you're unhealthy fired. friend. You're fired. This is a... Uh, what is she? A frenemy. That's what you are. Fuck you. You're in the friend zone. Peace. <laughs> oh my god, Siri Special is guest Siri <laughs> is the sign of an unhelpful friend. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to compare what I'm a really unhappy. What should I do? Brownie face. Open brackets. Out. See, that's really unhelpful, everyone. I'd rather, I'd rather brackets open colon. Yeah. No, actually. Open colon. Well, it's been a big week for me. And just when I was thinking, I said something silly, I'll edit it out. You saved it. Bam! <laughs> Knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Knocked it out of the park. Well, you know, and if somebody does bloody ask you <laughs> what they should do, <clears throat> a frowny face is not the, the appropriate response. Don't be serious. I'm trying to imagine what a good response is. I don't know. If, if you ask someone for help, just don't do what Siri does. Don't frown at them don't and say nothing. That's a really weird, unfriendly mm. thing to do. And don't she got a, a bit defensive. She's like, I don't like these arbitrary categories. Well, this is about me. She didn't even like say like, go get some sun. Yeah, I was. Any of those kind of things. Was being a bit. Intense, the other so. unhelpful things that people. Yeah, say, cheer like, up. Have you ever tried not being depressed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I did it the other day when I walked into the emergency department and asked people if they'd tried not getting shot. Not getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried living without a face and a head? Yeah, great. That'll work out for you. I'm yeah. still gonna be depressed. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow. Thanks for nothing, Siri. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <I'll, laughs> I was gonna. Say, yeah, no. Then again, I'd say, you know, if we are going to be pragmatic about this. Mm. Which we should be. A good response. If someone does tell you they're depressed, is not to freak out. Mm. Maybe just ask them. Don't say it's not there and don't try and fix it. Just think the but, best one is how does it, how does it talk me through how it feels. Yeah, mm. or is there anything I can do at this point? That's like a really nice thing as well. They don't mean like in general, like in a big way. Yeah. Like is there anything I can do to fix this immediately? But is there anything that will make you feel better right now? Can I do mm. any little thing mm. that might make your day slightly better? Yeah. Like, and then don't be offended if the person's yeah. like, I, I really need to be alone right now. And mm. that's that's what we do. Leave me alone. Don't yeah. take that as an insult. That's an, that's just a genuine, yep. honest. I need my like knee space to breathe. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we all need space to breathe. Yeah. We do. We do indeed. Don't be Siri. I'll hashtag that. Don't be Siri. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't... S- no, no, I'm not going to go there. Because, um, <laughs> like, one of... Not one of. I'll just say, like, um, I think, like... So you're someone, you know, who's in the public eye, mm. you know, and... Shit sucks for you too sometimes, mm. you know. It really uh, does for everybody. Yeah, I, I think it's good. The more kind of you yeah. know, uh, people with 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 a louder voice, a louder voice. Yeah, kind of. You know, I, I do hope media gets a little more honest as we go along. Yeah, because one of the worst things I see is this strange split between the world that has depression and acknowledges it, 
and it has intelligent conversations about it. Mm. And then this other world where we don't talk about it at all, uh, I think we need to remember that, you know, when you're scrolling through that Instagram account, even though somebody else's life may look flashy and great, mm. you know, that's, that's a, a frame. We're all just regular people. Just a frame from <laughs> yeah. their whole day. Mm. The rest of it may have been spent in bed crying. Mm. Like, yeah, you don't so know what else really is there. Kind of, I quit Facebook and Instagram for... Well, I, I probably wouldn't have gone back on it if I wasn't kept getting accidentally missed off event invites and right. things like yeah. that. Also, like, all my family lives in Become the UK, necessity. so it's difficult. I, I have to have sort of Facebook to keep in touch with all friends, that sort of thing. I, However, I, I did... I, I require constant validation, so... Oh, well. Yeah! <laughs> Please I, anyway, I, I quit it for um, Sorry six months for that like that exact reason. Like, I couldn't cope with... Even my friends and people that I cared about just seemed to be just doing way better at life than I was. And mm. every single day I would look at it from my bed that's curled up in fetal position, just like, I cannot... I'm not as good as these people. Yeah. I'm I'm not a good person because I can't. Yeah. Even if it's like a little comment like went to work today, blah blah blah, boring bullshit Facebook comment. I'm like, you went to work today? I can't even get out of bed Better, today. Yeah. It's like you know, I just I, it was just really difficult to yeah. kind of take a step back and realize that the little snapshots people post on social media is not real. It's, totally what, it's, it's what they've chosen yeah. to show you. It's not sometimes construct real like life. people yeah. choosing to construct lives on. Instagram. I mean, that's one one thing that um, I have been working on is is just a bit of sleep hygiene. I don't mean bathing. I mean keeping my phone out of my room mm. because I find all those images and all the worrying about exes and all the is this text going to happen or whatever happens as I'm going to sleep or waking up. Mm. And yeah. so e- even if the phone is just out of reach, and usually I try and let it die overnight so there's just a 15 minute period or whatever while I'm waiting it to, to, to charge so I do go get a glass of water or just something it's just a, like a nice little trick I've sort of put on myself to to stop that phone grab roll back over because hmm. 10 out of 10 that's when I'll start sending dangerous texts to people or or nagging old flames and things like that because mm-hmm. you know, it's racking over in your head it's it going is, around like, and around when you're alone with your thoughts yeah. at the end of the day that's they're that's so loud yeah that is definitely like the hardest time to be sort of searching yeah searching your exes on social media yeah. or just in general just going through Facebook which is what I do you sit there and you scroll because you're just Forever. trying to get yeah. rid of something and all you're just doing is just going look how much better everyone else's lives are than mine yeah and it's yeah it's just so and you know and also the, the basic like f- physiological stuff of uh, a torch being shined in your eye oh yes which like, is pretty much what an iphone is like you are blasting light into your eye and telling your body it's time to stay awake mm. like that's what we're doing you know so at least try and make it darker but i have found such an improvement in my sleep and in my mood and in yeah, my ability they, they to work you should not have your phone or your laptop or yeah. anything on for like at least an hour before yeah. you go to bed or you just won't be able to switch your thoughts off it's yeah. just I mean, I, I struggle to do an hour, but even 15 minutes has been a clear improvement mm-hmm. for me, especially because of the morning thing. Just getting out of bed is is, is so hard. I know so we just, keep... To just that, kind yeah. of be you, um, yeah. fitted by um, all that other stuff. Absolutely. And, yeah, you know, to not that. check that email yet, like, you know, if you just woke up, you're probably not in a great space to reply to anything anyway, or if you're falling asleep and you're emotional... These are bad places to make business decisions and personal decisions. Mm. So, yeah, it's been a, a huge improvement for me. And I, I also find myself sleeping through the night 
better as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've had insomnia on and off for many years. I always sleep weirdly and mm. have quite, um, I know, like, just really um, vibrant dreams, which is partly to do with when I was on Effexa. Oh, um, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, but it's, it's still not gone away and it's been... I don't know how long has it been since I came off Effexo can you remember a couple about of months, months. Now? about two months I think a bit of an Effexo hangover yeah I think that's exactly what it is um, and I just still get really crazy dreams and I just find that scary dreams or? yeah totally oh, that's interesting. Real, real scary nightmare kind of stuff um, I, I can tell when I've taken my Pristique too early because I'll have a nightmare yeah apparently I punched the guy I was seeing <gasps> yesterday in my sleep <laughs> yeah I shoved him across the bed you <laughs> won in that dream yeah. you were like first prize yeah. first prize first prize <laughs> <laughs> and that's the third Simpsons reference for me tick <laughs> are you like? rolling diaries now just the diary rolling break <laughs> uh, do you want one yeah, yeah. 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 we have to break Okay. It's usually a pretty steady kind of... It's a steady, continued smoking, oh, okay. talking kind of thing, which is fine. Good. I like what you said before, well, what we were saying before about um, the name Pristique. Like, I just love it. Ah! <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, I've been on Pristique for two years, and the best thing about it is the name. Yeah, What did we is. decide it was? It's like a female rapper. It's like a female rapper. Like, yo, I'm Pristique. Yo, Pristique! Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean... Uh, there's I just thought he was a gay superhero. Okay, yeah. Or the most fabulous antidepressant in the world mm. really it is yes yeah I don't know you're it's like, not you, too bad you're both on Pristique at the moment I was you're not on it anymore two weeks ah okay two weeks yesterday Oy. which may be coinciding with the Emotional one and a half down. weeks of feeling really shitty possibly yeah that's an interesting calculation I hadn't thought about that at all I have it's mm. oh, fuck I'm Pristique is awful like, to come because I felt shit on it is the thing right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, felt, I felt really shit on it and I, like, I was talking yeah. about GPs like if you feel shit on it Get on we it. shouldn't be on it. Yeah, but there would have I definitely do, I do, been. I do feel worse now. There would definitely be, have there been, would a, been some kind of a, I don't know, a hangover, like yes. you said, yeah, something like that. But it's, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sure it is the same with everything. I mean, some of my personal experiences are passing out at an airport because I hadn't had prestige for a day and a half because I was on an international haul and I stupidly put my prestige in my check-in bag. Um, and yeah, I passed out. Wow. And vomited, and it was. Appreciate. Um, I have this little idea that I think sometimes I don't fill my script quick enough because I like the drama mm. of things possibly going wrong. Okay. So it's like, you know. A bit of a self destructive. Yeah. Thing. You know, I, I kind of. You get down to those three, and I, I feel like a good adult would be like, right, I've only got three left, so I should get to the doctor and get my script, but I'll like get down to one. So I can like walk around going, oh, I have to get to the doctor today and everything's stressful and oh my God, I'll have to go here and you know, the whole world's against me. It's like such a me playing little victim. Everything's hard for Brendan McLean. <laughs> Oi, yeah. I've really got to stop doing that. It's give a me, pattern. Give me that cigarette. Okay. Yes. I'm not smoking, dad. <laughs> <laughs> we, we but he told me off there. <laughs> he was like, stop self-medicating. I'm like, no, but it's so fun. <laughs> Cigarettes. Uh, he meant weed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I made a joke about being drunk or high and he was like, about that. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> I never thought I'd talk to my parents about smoking weed. They weren't too worried. They, on my, my birthday card, because I won't see him for my birthday either. They, they, you know, wrote, have a great year. We're so excited for, because we're doing Velvet for another year mm. now. 
But you'll be in Melbourne at the Malt House. Thank you. Yeah, feel free to, to cross promote. Yeah. Mm. Oh, please do. We always do this on here. Yeah. <laughs> Adelaide Fringe will be there for a month. We're coming down to Melbourne and playing at the Malt House for a month <coughs> after that. And then okay. QPAC in Brisbane. Awesome. So me and Marsha with an international circus around us. Great. And you're now legally obligated to share this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I forget what I was saying, but I'm sure. Oh, Dad, weed. Oh, yeah, and on the back of the card, he had written, you know, uh, something. Nothing, Merry Christmas and lame. But he, he came up to me later and he was like, I was going to write, P.S. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I do love my dad. He's, he's the best man in my life. That's I'm a little coughing fit over here. Sorry. You are? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I've, uh, do you need another cigarette? That might um, help. No, I'm just going to keep polluting my lungs. I've just got back from Meredith Festival, just chain smoking, drinking. You've got to calm down. It's uh, This whole day has just been me sort of like sweating and coughing and just yeah. generally being a bit disgusting. So Yeah, yeah you've got that kind <laughs> of um, festival brown lung. Yeah, that's the where one. Where all the dust is in there and you've slowly got to like... Bleh! Blah. Yeah. Did you do like the brown loogie thing yet? No. Oh, I always get that after like a muddy festival. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. It'll come out and you'll just suddenly feel like it's like being constipated and then pooping. <laughs> like this brown lung once you once you finally cough it out, you're like oh! It's amazing. Yeah. Everybody oh. does that sound when they cough. I don't know if I, I, I do. Don't think I've ever made a noise that beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty funny because, like, with the whole smoking thing, like, mm. it's not good for you. It's not good for your health. No. Your physical health is not good for your mental health. Yes. But uh, all the me- all the medical professionals I know are like, you should not quit smoking now. Yeah. Right now. It's, know, it's like it's another thing you don't want to. Add to the I didn't know that you could die from alcohol withdrawals. Can yeah, you, you wow. can. Yeah. Fascinating. Right. You have to you have to, you have to taper off like you would with anything. It's like yeah, you can die from withdrawing from, mm. from heroin or mm-hmm. anything. Like you, you have to taper off really slowly. Um, and I mean, I know that chemically we can all find a way to say that weed doesn't affect you, but you know, I I more get addicted to the emotional down mm. of weed. So whilst maybe it chemically you're not going to physically move. Yes, you're not going to die. It can very die. badly affect your sleep. Weed. It re- it's really, yes. really, really It can be sleep. terrible for anxiety. Yeah, it can the, be. the least we can do is try and fall asleep when the weed makes us. I love falling asleep a bit stoned. It won't give you a proper REM cycle. Oh, really? So I think you, know you, you don't sleep properly. If you smoke weed to get to sleep, you're not going into REM, which is why people say they don't dream when they smoke weed. No a shit. A lot of people smoke weed through like um, post-trauma because it stops them from having bad nightmares yeah. and stuff. But it basically it's just not stopping you from getting a full sleep cycle so you get more exhausted generally is it not also where a lot of serotonin production happens I'm not sure possibly I might be something to google but yeah it's definitely those that emotional loss that you get when you don't smoke anything I will google it I feel like I've I've tried quitting smoking a couple of times I actually um, when I was um coming off of um, effects and I was having a really shit time I was like I already feel like shit maybe I should just quit smoking as well at the same time so yeah. I'm gonna feel shit coming off that again but it's like you feel like a loss it's such yes. a weird thing so hey where's like, my thing it's like I miss my, my thing my little my baby yeah like I want it like I want the thing you feel, and, like, you feel, like, you feel like it's like separation anxiety yeah. it yeah. totally is like, yeah. and there's you know of course if you if you're all joints there's that wonderful sort of methodical moment that same you with have same cigarettes it's like yes. it's the method of doing it and then smoking it is quite a rewarding yeah. sort of thing Megan Washington once said smoking one cigarette a day should be um, mandatory for everyone yeah so that we all have a moment to 
you know, it's, it's not healthy. But what you're actually doing is going... Deep, 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 deep breath. That's it. Just deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, you may not do that for a whole day. Yeah. Like, have you ever done that thing where you get home and you realise you haven't taken a deep breath all day? I try and do that a bit more. Like, I got... Um, a little bit into doing um, yoga and meditation stuff to help me oh through God, so the anxiety. And, it, you know, it, it has helped. It, it makes me remember to do mindfulness and breathing. Mm. Um, one of the tricks I learned with anxiety is to do the six-second breathing cycle. So it's like you breathe in for three and then breathe out for three and just keep doing that. They've got that great, they've got a great app now. It's just an anxiety one. It's free. And it just has this little um, pattern that grows. Oh, I've seen this. Like a little yes. and it kind of grows and yes. shrinks. And it's, 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 a, it's really relaxing to watch yeah. it. Breathing time with it. I find I'm not it's very great. good at doing things on my own accord. So things like a visual stimulus is a real help. I can't, I'm one of those people, I can't go to the gym by myself. I would yeah. never be like, hey, I'm going to do pumps and weights. Mm. So, if I mean, if you're feeling a bit depressed and want to do something active I, I find having a teacher is always helpful oh definitely and you're also a little bit reliant like you they have an expectation of you and I find a little bit of expectation can be a really brave step just to go okay somebody expects me to turn up you know that's why I try and never ever call off a therapy appointment mm-hmm. and if I do I change it to a call even just a half an hour call, even though it's nothing on being face to face just having that thing that I, I never go well I've got this thing I could go to I might do that just have one thing in my life and for me that's my therapy session every two weeks I just I've missed it once and boy did I suck the next week yeah that was a good, that's a good text fight. flew off the rails and yeah it's really good to do the um, the therapy thing just so like even when I was in like one of my worst points um, coming through depression and anxiety I was seeing a therapist once a week and in my head no matter how bad it got I was like just hang on until you get to the session. Just hang on until you get mm. to the session. It was like a little mantra almost. Like just, you need, to, once you can talk about it, you start learning these skills and you try and apply them during the week. But for mm. somehow just knowing that you get like a face-to-face with someone and be able to talk, the, like, talk it all out. Yeah. That was like a real good um, incentive just to continue. And just to not be judged. Doing what you got to do, yeah. Like wow, when you <laughs> first. you have the right cycle, right? Yes, of yeah. course. Of course, and it's very It's hard to find the right scary. one. Very scary. Yeah. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky I have a good cycle. Mm. I think an honesty thing is like there's honesty there's oh I'm you know, bad at relationships or I sleep around or I do drugs and then there's honesty like I've been spending my partner's money on buying drugs and mm. stealing buds off people and you know not really fights for no reason or starting fights like I would often do mm. or, and probably still often do I've seen it yeah like how can, uh, here's, a, here's a nagging text here's yeah. another one why aren't you replying I'm gonna kill myself. Like that's the baby with the ball throwing it out of the cot. That's an old Freud thing. Yeah, and the last one is very. Um... Mm-hmm. And I've had to apologize publicly for doing it to people. Yeah. I was asked by my ex to apologize publicly because I guess. Was a personal apology not enough? Uh, the the truth is I had used our relationship in interviews and public things right, in okay. relationship to a song and, and he rightfully said I was I was dragging out the narrative of this relationship that for him ended six months earlier mm. but in interviews I'd be like oh you know this breakup is really affecting me and blah 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 and having my Adele moment like it's all your fault blah 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 and I forgot to just write songs and suddenly I was getting a kick off the interviews where I'd talk about the relationship because it kept it alive mm. Mm. 
and that's you know one of the worst parts of codependency is is realizing that person has probably let go a long time ago mm. and no matter what you do like they're actually looking after you sometimes by not replying or giving you short civil answers mm. yeah or well, giving you space yeah yeah they are and they're letting you move on and i didn't do that i, mm. I didn't do that with my last partner and it was something i yeah i'm working on because mm. it's not i mean not to you know like um you know, shame you or anything. Mm. It's it's, un- it's unfair mm-hmm. and unhealthy. You know, and I've I'm sure I've done it. Before. Definitely, yeah. I'd say I was going to say we've all been there, but like I'll, I'll speak for myself. You know, yeah, I've done that. Mm. It's, for me, it feels like I was like, oh god, I even feel sick doing it, mm-hmm. but I'd still do it anyway. Oh, like, you see, you see yourself typing it. Yeah, you're like, am I really writing to this person who cannot get to me? I was in another country. Yeah, am I really telling them I'm going to kill myself? Mm. I'm quite seriously doing like telling them how many pills I would take and what would happen and that I would fall off the building or whatever mm. in quite graphic detail to get a response. And I did. And I felt fine for 20 minutes. And I felt awful. Felt so awful. Guilty. Every one of those texts that I sent, no matter, even if they were just the ones that were six months later, how are you? Just been thinking about you. It's like, no, 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 give that person space. Like, mm. you know, your relationship is over. It's over. Mm. And it's... Yes, in rare occasions they come back, but it's dead. It's like, it's a dead person. You have to grieve it. Definitely. So it's not coming back 90% of the time. Yeah. That's really tough for me to even say. Like, it kind of is making my shoulders sort of shiver. Yeah, I mean, like, of course, thank you for sharing stuff. Like, what are... If you don't mind, Mm. what are some, like... This feels like a fucked, fucked question. Ask it. Yeah. What are some things to watch out for? Like, you know, like some flags for codependency. You know, like because I, like, I mean, I, 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 I feel I know I've been in codependent mm. relationships before where I was definitely not blameless. Yeah. Sure. Um, and in those times, I've like I've seen it happening and just not done anything about mm. it. You know, I'd be like, there's a power imbalance here, or oh, yeah. I'm getting this out of it, which I should be getting internally. Like, mm. from speaking from somebody who, what was it you said? Uh, relationship addiction and working through that. Yeah. 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 Like, what what, 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 what do people watch out for? I think, I mean, for me, after, you know, 10 years of, of going through it, I probably only realized about five years into it when I was about 24. Mm. that I realized something was going really wrong and I was using a lot of alcohol to deal with it. Mm. And I definitely have addictions that I put on top of the relationship addiction. That's a really common thing. Mm. We always, you know, if you right now put your hand out in a star, it's like your fingers can be any of the addictions, drugs, alcohol, gambling, whatever it is for you. And then the thing in the middle, like your hand is the actual problem. Mm. And so maybe, and then looking down, like your elbow is the core problem. So when we do finally go back and, you know, it, it, it unfortunately it does mostly come down to how you grew up and how you, your relationship with your parents and, mm. and, you know, those first 20 years where we don't evaluate ourselves at all. Mm. You know, if you do catch it at 25 or something like that in your mid 20s, that's great. That's such a head start on people who find out when they're 50 and maybe you're in a relationship and find out that they're gay or whatever or, mm. or realize that they 
that their partner's been addicted to drugs forever and or that their partner's been cheating on them constantly or de- abusing them mm. because when you're a relationship addict you lower the expectations for yourself to nil yeah so i could be cheated on hit um emotionally abused and keeping that person was way more important than being happy um so that that was is a big sign now just forgiving everything you you should have expectations for yourselves but that starts not from other people which is what i would do i literally said the line once to my therapist i can't believe my parents left me in my room with my phone don't they know what i do mm-hmm. which was just this <clears throat> ah control thing it's blame you're in control yeah blame shift completely yeah. it's all their fault mm. so this looking after one person while ignoring everybody else and expecting them to save you and there is that savior thing you know you idolize the person and then you expect them to save you when it all goes to shit mm. but they don't owe you that they need to look up like everybody needs to look after their own health mm. in a relationship and everybody's allowed to leave a relationship yeah but I would say no, no, you you can't leave because um, I'm going to fall apart, and then I would just elevate that until it would end up in in suicide threats. So that's the form of like control. Or that's a very clear pattern for me. That that is prevalent. Yeah. In, in you know relationship addiction, yeah. and dependency. And earlier on, it's the speed that you get into it. It might be like, oh, we've known each other for two weeks. I'm calling my boyfriend, and I'm thinking we might move in. Um, done it yeah and that's got married I think the word is in, it's enmeshment you know <laughs> yeah like we we tangle each other up so the difference between intimacy and enmeshment yeah. you know intimacy is truth and it's slow and it's awkward and it's painful and it takes a lot of fucking hard work and enmeshment is I'm gonna move in slash I book these tickets I, I, I wrote an article for Hello Mister about how I would use concert tickets and holidays to keep people with me so it, it was it would be like but i booked this this overseas flight in so, two months so that we have to stay for two you months. have to stay yeah. with me and i would find after relationships would end i would look back and i had things booked for months tickets to things whatever whatever it was or just events that i would be like well i have to be with them then the big one being and we're all coming up to it now and it's probably worth talking about is christmas and new year's mm which is, as my therapist always tells me, is her busiest time of year. Mm. I know my... Yeah. Maybe not everyone does it, but no, I do. Like, you self-evaluate. It's like, uh, what have I done this year? Shit, fuck yes. all. It's been a bad year. Yes. You know, so maybe this year it's, it's particularly worse for me. I don't know. But like, and also those anniversary yeah. dates that are meant to mean so much to us, you know was the family Christmas dinner awful because you fought with your parents yeah are you going to be alone on New Year's that one's a hard one for me especially as as a relationship addict mm. like if I have a New Year's alone I've failed my, mm. my I look back on my year reflect on that special 20 seconds where you can pass a random and feel fine but I would go I don't have the person I love here I've failed and nothing I've done matters yeah too much of your own self-worth onto yes. whether or not there's one of the person that what one person there yeah yeah and catastrophizing it all you know if and then it starts to sprinkle over to other things so it'll be an opening night of a show and then a closing night of a show or a special dinner or my birthday like just turning and then, everything and then friday yeah 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 absolutely oh god you know it's it's the weekend i've got no one to go out with 
and then I'll go and get really drunk to get over that and mm. you know I could end up sleeping with someone I don't want to be with or ending up in yet another bad relationship yeah. that started purely because I felt lonely and wanted to fill that void yeah. so that's a, yeah, that's a really big one is, is enmeshment instead of intimacy uh, and it's, it's, it's really the cue, cue cards for all everything in, in codependency mm. it's like does that thing need to be there why does it need to be there and, and what, was, what was missing when it wasn't there yeah. so for me it's, it's, it's purely self worth yeah. I think I am dirt if I don't have a boyfriend. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll date someone for two weeks and then be like, oh yeah, they're my boyfriend. Yeah. And then you feel better about yourself because yeah. you've got a label or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Someone yeah. can stand me for more than yeah, absolutely. 10 <laughs> seconds. My music counts. Someone even yeah. lets me touch their genitals. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I can, I can, I get I, to be I, inside. I can, I can identify with get that. Get to be inside so someone, so I matter. Currently is. You know? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, because like something that um, I've definitely identified with personally and talked with a lot of people is like, you know, people with uh, mental health issues, like feeling like they're either incapable of or not worthy of being in relationships, yeah. you know, and it's like... You know, if someone was listening to a therapy session, mm. I, I feel like you know they'd be like, "Fuck that!" Yes. There's no way I'm going near anywhere near that oh, dysfunctional absolutely. crazy I that piece so many of shit. Times. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. But, like... but, 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 but but you can. Yes, you know, and if you, if it feels right, you sh- should. Yeah, it just both parties need to be aware that you got there is there there is there is a condition there, and, and I mean that's why conversations like these are, are helpful because maybe you need to tell that other person maybe you've gotten into a really great routine of 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 joy and knowing how to look happy Mm. and then that i know how to look happy when i'm not happy turns into Mm. oh my god i'm being emotionally abused and i'm not doing anything about it yeah and then it's usually too late so yeah that's that's that you know walking down the lane thing that's the seeing the hole up ahead and being like maybe not this road today yeah Maybe just don't walk today. Yeah. Just wait and evaluate. And, it's, it's, it's especially yeah. good if the other person, like, knows what they're in for. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, no, I'll stick with knows what they're in for, but, yeah. but I'll elaborate with, like, is is able to be aware and and mindful. Um, the education in, con- in conjunction yeah. with the person. Yeah, uh, they've also got to like who you. Has, <laughs> no, no, I mean who has who has the yeah. depression, anxiety, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like ultimately, the onus is on is, is on you to mm. to do the right thing by yourself, which can be very difficult. And like me right now, mm. I wouldn't enter a relationship because I feel like I've just got too many. But he's he's spotting ends, it. You, you know? know, at least you have that. Yeah. At least you can see it, and it, and at least you're, you know, at least everyone here is being brave enough to say things out loud, mm. Mm. which maybe, you know, this is this is set up in a certain way, but maybe that you would reflect on later, you know, either us here talking about it or someone listening, it might not sink in, for right now, mm. but you'll see it, you'll see it, and you'll know what was missing. Yeah. Because. Look, a healthy relationships are pretty boring. <laughs> you know, they're not exciting. Yeah. There's, there's not f- fire. You're, you're not always fucking everywhere. It's, it's not all crazy trips and romantic getaways. It's coping with each other really well and hoping 
to hell that the other person is happy. Yeah, it's work. Yeah. It's fucking work too. It's, it's hard. And you know what? So maybe it's not right to be in a relationship where it, when you have to be healthy enough to offer everything over. Mm. That health, two healthy people or, or two people working towards health mm. is so much better than two people who look happy. And are feeding into each other's yeah. whatever's, you know. Yeah, because I get into that very similar... Uh, the relationship starts, mm-hmm. it's all fireworks and crazy. You're blowing up hell. You are blowing it, very oh, popular. I'm popular. Because I've just got back into my phone on. <laughs> From Meredith. Yeah. Let's blow up. But yeah, you know, they, they all have the same pattern. Yeah. They go up, 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 down. Yeah. And I, I try and keep reliving those two months over again, but that's really unrealistic. Mm. Um, relationships are, are slow and, and patient. Mm. Relationships can be very yeah. um, scary things to get into, especially when you're dealing with your um, own problems. Your, yeah, well, anything, even even in general, it can be it can be quite scary to allow yourself to be vulnerable with another person. Yeah. But I think that yeah, it, it, whoever it is, if it's just a friend or whatever, mm. it can be really difficult to open up to someone. And it's even harder when you really like that person. And yeah, kind of go, all right, here's all this shit. Yeah, and maybe like, the truth is, is that okay? Not like, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I've I've more recently been honest with with guys I met and I had one you know and it was it was hard for me just kind of say I actually don't think I'm ready to be with someone who's working through so much I can be a friend but right now that's all the energy I can offer you Mm. like this is this is someone who who, like me has to fly away a lot and won't be able to be there at 3 a.m. be emotionally available yes and that's that. the hard thing about long distance relationships mm. they really feed into relationship addiction because you can put them on hold whenever and you can be by yourself you can be away for two months and just remember how good it was when you left forgetting that there's going to be all those nights where that text isn't going to be enough and you know maybe I more recently had been in an open relationship so we had that communication which helped but also when I'm in monogamous relationships but they're long distance I end up cheating on people and sleeping with people to fill that void Mm. that I you know all caps use that other person for and that's a type of emotional abuse that has taken me five years to realize I was doing to people Mm. it was like wow I'm actually really hurting this person by being like hey everything's great I'm gonna leave for two months and go somewhere fantastic and you're gonna keep doing your job and I'm not offering them anything but at the same time just texting at 3am when I freak out to go ah give me validation when you need something yeah Yeah, which is not enough for me and certainly not enough for the other person if you're just constantly receiving warm energy from them and you don't have enough to give back yeah so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at now is realizing that, and you know, my victory is I was I was single for for sort of <coughs> six eight months this year, for the first time in a very long time. Mm. That's that sounds like it's really good for you. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I had had a really nice date last week. Oh, cool. And all the all the rush came back, and I I was indulging in it, but just let it. So come down you, a bit. You, when do you move in together? <laughs> yeah, I've got the IKEA truck out of the rack. If you could help me put the bed together, that'd be wonderful. It's actually right. Um, which I have no issues with, by the way. Yeah. Very I'd, handsome lad. I'd, uh, yeah. Thank um, you. Let's, we'll talk. We'll talk, yeah. yeah. I'll get my number. Um, but, 
Yeah, just being aware of that on well, the I day. I just realised this pillow placement. Yes, just for comfort, it looks like you're covering too... a boner right so, now. Yeah. Ray has it, her pillow covering his... Pe- okay, great. Flaccid. Little, little disappointed about that, but that's fine. Flaccid <laughs> as yeah, the day I was born. Is that a saying? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You may have come out with like a hard on, like a rock hard dick. They Fine. Did. I bet you did. I yeah. bet if that's possible, I bet you did. You can't go on. <laughs> yeah! Look at my bono. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes up for my sexual life. Sexual life now, libido now. <laughs> my God. I yeah, can imagine, can imagine Ray being born with a mullet with my both his middle fingers up. Like, just being like, what <laughs> And then like the doctor goes to smack me. He's like, you got to fucking smack me. <laughs> smack him back. <laughs> but yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I, I realize it in other people now. Yeah? You know, I, I see... I've gone on dates with people who are quite clearly relationship addicts. Yeah. And I can spot it from a mile away now. Yeah. And I know that's like a no-go zone. And I'll leave dates halfway through when I, if I feel that coming up. I just have to be really honest. Yeah. And be like, whoa, hey, I see this pattern. Um, and, you know, you can try and be people's friend. But to be honest with you, if you can spot a relationship addict and you know that that's what they're going through... Mm. Let's be friends is very often a lie. Mm. What about the you of X years ago? Mm. Would that have been like goldmine? Like fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So like Absolutely. finding somebody in that space as well, it's like Oh, that's the win. Okay. That's 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 the absolute victory if you can trap someone in there with you and they want to be there too. Well, it's different for depression. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You've got enough depression for I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because there's the, the the first thing you I learned is that there's the relationship addict and the relationship avoidant, and they do this neat little dance where they're constantly leaning in and out, mm. and the relationship addict leans into the avoidant and they lean away, and so the addict is grappling and giving and and as we talked about lowering themselves, and then maybe the relationship addict figures out that's not okay, and they sort of lean back and then the love avoidant is there. They suddenly they're giving you that call that you'd wanted for the last that you were asking for for the last three months, and suddenly they'll sleep with you again, and suddenly they want you to go for a beer somewhere, and then that turns into voila, you're back in bed with your ex, mm-hmm. and that yeah, that's a little tango, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you know. Like There's some great tips. I feel like that was half a Simpsons reference. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got that as well. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, that, you know, if you take anything away, that's a really easy dance to catch yourself in. Yeah. And it can repeat forever if you don't stop it. Oof, that yeah. sounds, it sounds really scary. Really <laughs> joyful. I just really glad that you sort of picked up on it, though. That's oh, yeah. great that now you've sort of realised it, however long it took, at least you've mm. realised it now and you're working on it. That's going to... Yeah. Know, ultimately I think that's going to end really well for you like I think this is if I continue to go to therapy while I feel good that's a big thing mm. you know I'm not about to throw my meds out the window because I'm happy for one day mm. which you know I say that jokingly but a lot of people do it yeah like well I'm happy today see ya I've done it yeah not, not with not, right. not with Valium yeah Right. I think a lot of people have done that. I think but I've been like, like, oh, I'm better than this and then throw it away. Like, actually, that's probably the reason I was feeling good today. Is that I've been taking place. this regularly for the last yes. many months. A routine, yeah. a pattern, something <laughs> yeah. that works for you. Yeah. And it is. And then you go to the pharmacy and they're like, no, you know, you have to go to the doctor. And like, oh, I can't see them until for like three days. Oh, fuck, what have I done? Forget it. And I know I can't bother I'm staying off it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll get drunk. Sweet. Yeah. But that's that's why giving myself these, these big, no, you can't cancel that session. Mm it's been important and I don't know how I convince myself to do it but it's just my therapy is the one thing I, I, I will never cancel mm. 
I can't, I'll stop a meeting, I'll, I'll cancel an audition, I, I won't ever book practice around it. It, it has to happen, yeah. you know? It's an, it's an important part of my life. It's a, the reason I'm healthy and I recognize that. And recognizing something healthy for once is it's such a fucking relief. Yeah. And all the times I had to recognize that I was being a miserable bastard, mm. it was nice to at least have one win where I was like, yeah, there's a, and I'm proud of it. Mm. You know, I, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm proud to say that, you know, I go to my therapist and, yeah, I'm proud and that's, that's a, um, Good, good for you. That's a building thing, you know. Yeah. That happiness leads to. Fuck, it's hard to say good for you without saying. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Oh, I know, good I for know. you. Oh, good for you. I well know. done, but yeah, well <laughs> fucking done. You got out. But the truth is, I that's, will. That's, all, that's awesome. That is good, and that's a hard thing to do. Like I've maybe cancelled once or twice this yeah. year, but I, I too, I've come to that. And, and the truth is, I'll fuck up again. Yeah. You know, within you know, you ask me in the next year, I, I will probably find a, a, a guy who I will fall madly in love with, and maybe screw it up for another month and yeah. but it's it's just habits yeah it's and, not like cool i did yeah. that that's done and we're all kind of animals that, you know yeah. you're really good at patterns humans are really good at patterns yeah. and if you can sum like the texting thing fuck that 21 days of not texting was tough but then it's like a elastic band snaps and it's just not there hmm. And even if you just get one day where it's like not there. not calling the Corey hotline. Don't call the Corey hotline. <laughs> Corey. Glory. Montessori. Allegory. And then that sweet moment when Marge hears the beep, 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 beep. <laughs> At the tone, the time will be. And it just, that broke my heart. Because yeah. that's exactly what I do. Yeah. You know, and when I made it through, it, the elastic band did snap. And, and yeah, I bet you I'll pick up another one one day. Yeah. But, you know, now I've done it once. The win's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Just one day off from that was like, wow, I, I didn't worry about it today. Mm. Or for an hour, or for half an hour, or for a minute. Yeah. Like when, you, when, you're, when you're in a suicidal thought, just to get one minute away. And that's why I do talk about things like getting a massage or seeing a movie or making yourself like the filthiest meagerang with peanut butter, which is what I do. Um, you animal. Yeah, no, it's like a satay. It's like a delicious <laughs> satay. It's really good. Oh, okay. I didn't it's a cheap that. way. Yeah, like no, you no, put no, your no. meagerang stuff in, you don't put the soy in, but then you put a bit of peanut butter in there and it's delicious. Okay, yeah, no. You're doing something like that just to give yourself... 30 seconds, one minute. I know someone who puts tuna in there, Migra. Yuck. Like, that's fucked up. No. No, I don't want to food shame them and I doubt they're listening to this, but. Hey. Yeah. No, don't put tuna in your migraine. You can get protein from other places. I think that's the message that I think the takeaway from this show should be. Don't put tuna in your migraine. Yeah. Sounds like a euphemism. Yuck. That's disgusting. I'll put tuna in your migraine. That's disgusting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are... Yeah, we're like an hour and a half. Yeah! That seems like an appropriate, like... Bit to edit? Yeah. No. I like I like keeping awkward stuff in, because... Me too, I, don't, I like keeping everything in, even the awkward stuff, because it makes it a little bit more, like... Oh, it's real. That's, that's, that's real. What, that's I what, heard people are walking around like. their apartment, like, naked, and just enjoying hearing us. Yeah, because that, 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 that's, that's what it's like. Life is awkward. Mental health is awkward. Yeah. It's like... Coming off... You're coming up on meds. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was saying about the whole I, Facebook yeah. thing. I didn't shit myself a bunch of times. Yeah. You know, that's awkward. That's kind that of embarrassing. Awkward. Yeah. But 
It's like the Facebook yeah. Instagram thing we're talking about before. We're not just going to show the best bits of this conversation. We're going to yes. show all, all of it. Yeah. Even the bits where we ran out of things to say. Yeah. Because that's okay, because we did. We did. We ran out of things to say, and I said dumb things. We all said dumb things. Yeah. But that's because <laughs> we're people. <laughs> Something I also want to say is that we have been pretty white thus far, and we're working on it. We don't want to be tokenistic, but we also yeah. want to get a yeah, very diverse... Um, range of guests and yeah. I can't speak for you know people of colour yeah not, um, it's an important conversation yeah I so. think so it's important to be able to you know, be, God, a part, be a part of that conversation yeah. yeah yeah you know so would you say get it get in touch if you want to talk uh, yeah. Is that what you would do? Oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, always if, if you go, if you yeah. go, you, go, you like, yeah, hell yeah. I'd love, it's an open I always love to hear yeah. from people. I just, mm. I just, like, I, I get like this anxiety, like, oh no, I'm like being racist somehow. Right. Yeah. Okay. And Don't beat I, yourself up too much. Now you've asked the question. Not too much, but I think it's a good, good thing. Like, okay, cool. I'm checking myself. Am I being racist? Blah blah. Yes. Not like give me a cookie. Yay. Hey, look, we're going to check out privilege. Someone, of course. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I want to do it you know I guess I want to do it in an organic way and then I was like oh I don't actually know that many people that would yeah people of colour so mm. it's a conversation to have it is hopefully should I play us out hopefully many conversations play us yeah, out with usually, this G chord yeah, you usually get people to um uh, pick a song but since you uh, you are just dying to do this yeah and yeah. You, you, you you got some pipes yeah well I've been smoking a lot today That's um alright right, do you want to turn that slightly that way yeah don't worry, I'll do sound. I'll, okay. I'll make sure it doesn't break. Okay, cool. Let's see if I can sing this song. I'll, I'll sing this way. Sing it me. Yeah. yeah. I will, no, I'll do weird things. <laughs> I'm going to sing it into the center. Okay. <laughs> I'll figure out the chords. This is, left, this is left and right. Okay. Just have to figure out my chords. Oh, there's a... Okay, we got to... Just want to check if it's in tune. Probably not. Okay, it's not. Wait. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't want to. Should I play one of my songs or a cover? As if you're not dying to. Play one of your. But yeah, play whatever. Play whatever you want. Play what. Play what you feel. Right. Play, play, yeah. Play what's in your heart. Okay. Hashtag cliche. Like. Hashtag. I just have to write off my strumming nail because I put it on the wrong hand. Um. There we go. Grow, baby, grow. Um. Oh, we won't play one of my songs. I don't remember any of them at the moment. Um, just let me remember this. Oh yeah, it's not like that. Woo! It's so out of tune, I love it. <laughs> Sorry that, Colin. Oh wait, because it's, it's bouncing out, that's why. Anyway. Somebody said you got a new friend. She love you better than I can There's a big black sky over my town I'm all messed up when she's around Oh, mm-hmm.
dancing on my own I'm just gonna dance all night I'm so messed up, I'm out of line And Brandon McLean. Thank you very much for coming on. We've been Mental Health Casts, and uh, we'll see you next week. Woo! Woo! <laughs>